This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Brian Carney, who is the co-founder of Rivers Edge Advisor, LLC. Welcome, Brian. Hey, Gary. Thanks a lot for having me on. I appreciate it. So tell us, how, how did you get started in the financial industry? Well, it's kind of an interesting story. I didn't go to school to, to focus on economics or business. I actually went to college to be a physical therapist. I took all the prereqs to, to go to physical therapy school. And then I did an internship and I absolutely hated it. So I was trying to figure out what to do next. And I thought, all right, I'll be a pharma rep. I'll be a pharmaceutical sales rep, real popular at the time. But I couldn't even get an interview because I had very little experience. So I was down to two jobs. I was either going to sell copy machines or I was going to be a financial advisor. And I did a ride along with the guy that, that sold copy machines for one day. And I said, I don't think I can do that. So I ended up becoming a, a financial advisor. And my second week in the business was September 11th, 2001. Yeah. So not the best time to, to start in, in a financial planning career. And really the only reason I took the job as a financial advisor was because the recruiter told me it was the hardest thing that I would ever do. And I sort of wanted to prove her wrong. She happened to be right about that, but uh, you know, it is, it is one of those things that I do think about from time to time. That's great. <laughs> so where were you um, kind of throughout your career that got you into, you know, in now working for yourself basically? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because I worked for a guy um, who once said that people start out in this career and they start out as an advisor and then they become a business owner but then they finally become an entrepreneur. So I started out, the first place I started, when you get into this world, you can either go down one of two channels. You can either go down what they call the, the brokerage houses, like the Morgan Stanley Merrill Lynch's, or you can go on the insurance side. There really isn't an entry point in either from a different avenue. So I actually ended up being on the insurance side. I told people that I was a financial advisor for about seven years before I realized I was actually an insurance agent. Uh, I was, I guess I was a slow learner. We did financial planning, but a lot of it was centered around life insurance. So a lot of it was product based and, and, you know, it took me a little bit of time. So I left that, that place. I went to another place with, that was more of a boutique firm. And I had a mentor there and I learned from him the way to really design a fee-based financial planning investment management business. I was really interested in answering people's questions about finances things that kept them up at night. 
And I told him that there is a huge market. And this is a classic, you know, baby boomer versus Gen X are kind of going head to head a little bit. And I said, there's a huge market. People want to pay for advice. And he said, I'm telling you, they don't. So I said, okay, well, I have to leave. So I went out and, you know, with my partner, we started uh, this, this financial planning firm and we really spend our time helping answer people's questions. Right. That's, that's kind of a, you know, a, a different way of, you know, kind of jumping out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, lots of times it's like, oh yeah, build up my clientele. And then I decided to, to, to kind of go out. So, yeah. um, you know, so, so you took your, your, your two best friends and get started, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what it ended up being. So now that you've been doing this for a while, yeah. what is it that you wish you knew that you know now that it, that you wish you knew it back then? Yeah. I always say that in life, uh, you should get three visits from your future self when you're in your 20s. Like you should get a visit from when you're 25 from yourself when you're 45. And I think about this, I think about this a lot. I realize that once you start helping people answer real questions that they have, you can start to change the trajectory of their life. I know that sounds a little bit brash and maybe a little bit over the top, but People have tons of financial anxiety. And if you can just answer questions for them, that the answer to that question could be, you know, maybe they want to say, uh, can I retire at 65? If you tell them no, that's actually the second best answer. People get paralyzed by the unknown. And I think if you tell them, yes, that's great, they're happy. But if you tell them no, you can say, you can't, but this is the way you get there, or this is how you have to change your goals. I actually think that gives people uh, you know, a little bit more peace of mind. So if I could go back in time and say, stop focusing on investments and products and investment returns and start focusing on solutions and providing answers, that's when you're really going to see things start to happen. The sooner you can do that, the better you, the, the better off you be. And more importantly, the better off your clients will be. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. I think lots of times people people do get paralyzed from the unknown and they just don't know kind of where to go, where to start and stuff like that. So lots of times, you know, that is the, the, you know, the best thing is to be able to actually answer some questions for them and get them to kind of open up. And, and I always tell my clients, it's like, look, you know, I need you to be open and honest with me yeah. and everything, because, you know, if I get you going down this road and you didn't tell me about something, it's going to be garbage in, garbage out. to make a turn. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, what are some of the some of the questions that you wish your clients were asking you uh, or potential clients asking you when they come in and meet with you? You know, I think my industry and, and sometimes I'm a little hard on my industry, but my industry makes it very difficult for a client to really understand a what they need and b what they're getting. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is I think if you asked 100 people, 100 clients what a financial planner is slash does, you might get 75 different answers. Right. I think a lot of people think that a financial advisor spends their time with investments. My job is to pick the best funds for, for someone to be in. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Obviously, that is something that we do handle. But that is, if you go down the, the, the list of importance, that's like eighth or ninth on the list. Okay. I think the one thing that people need to really understand and the one question that I would love for more people to ask me is, what's the difference between hiring a financial planner and an investment manager? 
and how does that help me? So I always say, you know, if you hire an investment manager, they just really look at an investment account. You hand them their IRA or your old 401k and you say, go make me as much money as you possibly can. Well, what does that mean for them long-term? What does the down, what does their, their account getting 8% meet for their, for their goals? If we're managing a portfolio to a, to a stated benchmark, people always pick the S&P 500. Sometimes that's completely irrelevant. What we want to do is we want to see their, our clients manage their portfolios to their financial plan, to, the, to a particular goal, tie it to a particular goal. And that really helps them understand the importance between, behind why they're saving their money and why they're investing it. And then the second question I, I wish people asked more was, what are my all-in costs for investing and for hiring a financial planner? And again, it, our industry does tend to make it difficult for someone to understand that and to, to really unpeel that onion. Obviously, if, we, if someone hands me a million dollars and we charge them, we charge them a fee. The going rate in our industry, now it could be, you know, I'm just giving you sort of a, a ballpark number, is around 1%. But if I take, if my firm charges you 1% and then I put you in mutual funds that charge you another three quarters of a percent, your all-in cost is 1.75%. You don't see the 0.75% on your statement, but it is there. And I, I wish it was easier for people to understand the true transparency behind their investing. So when we talk to clients, we really want them to understand their all-in costs. We say it again and again. And if you want to talk about getting even more complicated, if you look into a business's 401k plan, it makes it even more difficult for the transparency to, to come out. You know, you got a lot of hands in that pot. So just to be able to, to see someone say, it's costing me X amount of dollars per year to work with an advisor, I think that money's worth it. I think it helps them feel a little bit more comfortable in their decision. Right. So, you know, and, and you know, you really have explained here, you know, kind of how you help these clients, you know, uh, overcome some of their fears. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other fears besides price that the clients are running into and how do you help them overcome those fears? Yeah, I think when you look at what people typically come to us for, there is one thing that keeps them up at night. They'll come to us and they'll say, I want this, 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 this. You know, there's a bunch of different things that I have on my checklist. And then I'll say, if I could only help you with one thing, what would that be? And I think a lot of it, if you really boil it down, they want to, to know the answer to one specific question. I would say there's, there's a top three. Number one, can I retire? Number two, can I send my kids to college? And number three, if I own a company, when do I know and how do I sell my business, right? So when you look and you, and you really start diving into those things, those are things that keep people up at night. But the easiest solution for all of that is to stay organized and create a plan. So most of the time, people don't have a plan to achieve those goals. Those are the questions that it, I always use a super lame analogy, and I always apologize before I use it. But a financial advisor is not that dissimilar to a personal trainer. You know, if you go to someone, you say, I want to I want to lose 25 pounds and I want to run a marathon in four, four hours. All right. Well, you can go online and print all of that out. You know, you can find training programs on Google, but what I think what people really need is accountability. Mm -hmm. They need to sit down with someone every year and say, am I still on track? Am I still on pace? Am I still going in the right direction? And if you're not, you need, they do need someone to kick them and push them back in, in back onto the road and make sure they're still staying on, on pace. So I think when 
they have a specific, just to sort of summarize the, my, my answer is, they have a specific question in mind and they want the answer to that. And a lot of it is because there's a, 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 a little bit of an anxiety about not being organized and not having an overall strategy to be able to achieve that goal. Right. You talk about um, the different you know, questions that the clients have and things like that. And, and you just said it. It's like, well, you know, you can go online and print that off. Right. And yeah. Lots of times that's what people think. It's like, oh, you can just go online and invest your own money. Yeah. How is it, you know, using a professional like you different from, you know, going online and investing your money online with, you know, the robo service or whatever? Yeah, I think I think people ignore one major fact when they when they go to hire when they contemplate hiring a financial plan. I will be the first to admit, not everyone needs to. There are people who are savvy enough and they don't need us, right? And that's perfectly fine. We're not, we don't try to, to make everyone a client. We wanna help people that, that sort of, I, get, I have a job for three reasons. Number one, people don't know how to do this. Number two, people don't have the time or desire to do it. Or number three, a combination of the two, right? right? So when you really look at, at you know, going through all of this with people, it, it's really not to keep hitting on that organizational part of it, but it, it, the, the lack of organization leads to bad decisions. And what I mean by that is my job, my role in the process with the client is to change behavior. I am a behavioral finance nerd. I love talking about behavioral finance. Why do people make decisions about their money? They have a certain reason, they have a certain feeling about it. So when they, when they work with a financial planner, I think we are able to help take and strip the emotions out of it and really stay tactical and strategic. And I think a lot of times, 2020 is quite possibly the greatest behavioral investing right. uh, example ever. It's, it's fascinating. You had COVID. You had going into COVID, you had coming out of COVID, then you had the election, and that created a lot of emotions for people. I think sometimes people just need a little bit of a pat on the back and say, I'm freaking out. What do I do? And then you say, and I think they just want someone to know. So I always say when you when you're creating an investment strategy or a financial plan, you need to create a policy statement, an investment policy statement in times of peace. So in times of war, you can pull it back out and go, okay, it's March, 2020, the market's down 28%. What am I gonna do? Well, this is what I said I would do. I'm gonna stay tactical and strategic. So the biggest reason that someone should hire a planner is to help eliminate the emotional, uh, the emotion out of decisions, financial decisions. Yeah, I, you know, one of the things you keep going back to is, is a plan and yeah. making sure you have the plan. And, you know, just like, a, you know, the beginning of most football games, they have the first 10 plays or 20 plays already scripted. Yep. They know what they're doing so then that, why, that way the, the, the chaos of the game doesn't take over. Yep. Um, and I think that that's something that's very important, uh, not just for individuals, but business owners. And, yep. you know, I constantly preach about, you know, look, you need to put a plan together. Um, and, you know, I try to say plan as compared to a budget. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, because, you know, nobody wants to do that budget. Yep. But the issue is, is that if you don't plan this out, 
then how are you if, if something happens? I mean, again, COVID happened. It's like, okay, well, where, where can you make that turn, you know, for your business and how yep. can you change it, you know, on a dime? I know, you know, for us, you know, we didn't have to close down, but we just pivoted to where we did a lot more Zoom calls. We did them anyway, but we did a whole lot more because we weren't able to have the clients in the office. Exactly. Um, so yeah. I think, you know, from a, I think you're hitting, you know, kind of all the right cylinders there when you're talking about the plan. Um, I, I think that one of the other things that, that I try to do with people is help them build their team. Uh, you took the word, I was literally going to say that. Yep. And I, and I, and to your exact point, I, I always say it sounds obnoxious, but you're at the point where you need a team of people and you need them to work together. You can't have an advisor, a financial advisor working independent of your account. Correct. The, the, the worst call to get as an advisor is when the accountant calls you and said, you realized $200,000 of gains and no one told me? I've been doing all this planning. So you, we, I, I couldn't agree with you more that a, a client is best served when they have three different people, including their attorney, their accountant, and their financial advisor looking at them. I look at tax returns, but I look at them completely different through a totally different set of glasses than you do. Right. And in order for you to do, do your job effectively, I need to be able to communicate with you to be able to say like, hey, we have some issues. Maybe maybe the, the client sold a business or sold a piece of property that's going to you know, affect their, their tax bill negatively. Well, I need to know that before I start making moves in their portfolio. So it, I could not agree with you more that having a really solid team is a huge part of a successful financial plan. Yeah, I tell, you know, one of the things I, I don't want to say I preach, but I constantly remind the clients, it's like, look, you know, it's tax time. Make this your, your time to do your financial checkup. Yep. You know, what, what changed for you, you know, through, throughout the year, so forth, because of, you know, you know, and I'm sure you see and have heard all the nightmare stories about somebody not changing their beneficiary yes. form, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So, so let's take a look at it and, you know, do you have enough, you know, life insurance? Do you have enough insurance on your house? Yep. You know, is everything covered? It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, looking at that. So from your, your perspective, how often do you try to get together with your clients um, to, to talk to them? You know, we, we have a pure open door policy with our clients, so they can call us whenever they want. We require them to meet us at least once a year to review their financial plan. And we start over. And I do, the one thing we tell someone when we do a financial plan for them, as I say, the only thing, you can't use the word guarantee often in my business. Right. The only guarantee I have is that this financial plan is going to be completely worthless within 12 months. <laughs> Something's going to be different. Right. COVID's going to happen. You're going to get a new job. You're going to have a baby. You're going to buy a business, whatever it is. So we need to make sure that we stay on track and we update this from scratch every year. Right. We need to go through the process to make sure. If you ask me what my goals were last March, last versus this March, they're totally different. You know, I have a totally different outlook on, on life and business and everything a bit after the last year that we've gone through. So it is, it, you do need to make sure that you do that every single year and just update your plan. We use a, another, I, I'm big into lame analogy. So another lame analogy is it's like sailing across the, the ocean to the UK. 
if you head off track early on in your in your trip and you never check your compass to get back on track again, you're going to end up somewhere completely different. So again, those annual checkups just nudge you back onto the path that you're trying and make sure that everything's on pace. Yeah. And people hate surprises. You know, oh, yeah. you I know you see that more often than, than, than I do, but people hate when they get to, you know, 10 years away from retirement and they go, wait, I don't have enough money to retire at 65. I, this is my whole, my whole goal has been 65. And we're like, yeah, you could have, if you had come to us 10 years before, we could have gotten you on track, you know? So it is, people really hate surprises. I know they really hate when they have an unexpected tax bill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, again, and that's where, where I think that communication between professionals like us, it's important because, you know, I feel that, you know, it's like, hey, part of it's my responsibility to let you know, or at least have the client let you know, hey, I got, you know, you got these capital loss carry forwards that they can use or whatever it is, um, you know, that, hey, did you did you tell your advisor that, you know, you just inherited, you know, $100,000 from, right. you know, from your mom type thing, just to make sure that, because that's coming on the tax return and, and so forth. So, yeah. I, it, the, the way I put, sometimes I put it to clients is, so I think clients don't understand sometimes what we do. And I think they definitely don't understand what you do sometimes. So right. I, I'll say, you know, one of the things that at the end of the year, you work with your accountant, you gather up your documents, you hand it to him, and then they, he does the tax return. And I said, well, throughout the year, I'm going to work with your accountant to change the numbers on the papers that we hand to him at the end of the year, but he's right. going to know what the numbers say already. So it's a much more cohesive strategy and a much more, you know, it is, it is teamwork that makes their, their lives easy. Yeah. And I, I, you know, going back to the whole, to the whole planning piece. And I mean, and that's where it's, you know, if we know, that, you know, that what potential income is coming from, you know, passive sources and things like that, you know, we can help, you know, yeah. help, help you write that tax future, um, you know, because typically a CPA is a recorder of history. Yeah. And so we, you know, here at Small Business Advisors, we really try to make it to where we help you write your tax future. And that a lot of that is talking to guys like you, you know, about our clients and making sure that that everybody's on the same page and kind of, you know, rowing the boat and all in the same direction. I, I love that. I, and actually, I think that's a huge, I, I, sometimes I, I'll say to a client, I say, you know, to to kind of reframe what you said, I say some, some accountants are very good at forensics, right? They're not good at helping pro project out. So you need to find an accountant and you need to find an accounting firm that's going to work with your business to help you, not last year, but in next year and the five years that follow. So that that's, you know, that's obviously a great thing to hear. Yeah. So you work with a wide, uh, wide variety of, of people. And so what are, what's one of the most important things that you've learned in working with such a, a variety of people? Yeah. It comes down to, I learned this quote last year, and it sort of sums up what I've been trying to, to help clients with for 15 years, is complexity is the enemy of execution. When things are overly complex, it paralyzes people. I think sometimes simple doesn't mean, um, doesn't mean not good. It just means simple and straightforward, right? It's not less of a strategy because it's simple. So 
One of the things that I think is extremely important, and I think the most important thing to help a client and, and help them emp empower them to make strong financial decisions is to help them be totally confident. And you do that by removing the complexity. I will draw the most basic juvenile pictures to explain a super complicated topic. And at the end of the meeting, I, I'll, I'll, I'll hand them the paper and they'll go, can I keep that? You know, I, I want to keep that. I'll do, I have a, uh, I always joke around with the clients and I say, I have a very professional strategy for investments called the layer cake. And it's just having a portfolio that is increasing in value or increasing in risk profile, you know, and it looks like a layer cake, but that really helps people feel confident that they're making the right decision and empower them to make strong financial decisions and feel comfortable with it. Right. So it's a lost art these days. I, I think, you know, I think a lot of times I'll go to tax conferences and you'll see a tax attorney get up there and talk about the most complicated strategy. You might use that strategy once in 25 years in, in, right. in business, but if you create really simple, straightforward strategies that someone can implement every day, I think you you go a long way, a, a much further way to ch to helping a client change their overall life. Yeah, yeah. The old what's the old adage? Keep it simple, stupid. Exactly, exactly. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so how how do you how are you currently getting new clients? Yeah, most of our clients come from from client referrals or from uh, we call them centers of influence, people like you, Account, other accounts that we have a good relationship with. We have we have a really good relationship with a lot of estate planning attorneys. Uh, we have a great relationship with a business insurance firm who, you know, does workers comp and, and, and business benefits. So those are the types of places that we that we get. So we like to hang out with people that are working with business owners. And, you know, another another now that I'm thinking about this, if I could go back in time to tell myself another thing is work with clients that you like first and that make them good clients second from a revenue perspective. So, you know, I, we surround ourselves with centers of influence like those accountants and attorneys and that insurance firm because we like each other. You know, if you took the business out of it, we would still have a relationship. Yeah. So I think being able to have a really good relationship, I could go play golf or have a beer with one, with one of the accountants or the attorney and we might not even talk about business. So that makes your job a whole lot more fun when you can get, when you can set things up like that. So with, with COVID, how has that changed your business? Yeah, I think I remember on March, I think it was 14th, 2020, I was in Best Buy with our marketing director buying laptops for people. Hmm. Last February, February, 2020, 98% of our meetings were face-to-face. And within one month, 99% of them have been on Zoom. We had, we were doing some Zoom meetings, but I think the virtual meeting has been, is actually incredible. I think if we, even when we come out of this and maybe we go back to our office, you know, we, we will go back to our office. I'm in my basement of my house right now. Uh, yeah, we do think that we will have a large percentage. I don't know if it's going to be 50-50, but it might be more 60-40 Zoom versus in-person because people don't want to get in their car, drive downtown, you know, that whole thing. So I think the one huge advantage is it forced us. We were pushed off of a ledge and we were forced to become virtual quickly. And it's amazing how well we've done with it. You know, it is it has become seamless. We I haven't seen my business partner in person in like six months. And I talk to them every day. You know, it's usually over Teams or on Zoom or something. But, 
it is it has become a huge and it actually i think really takes the the restriction of having clients geographically close to you right there's nothing to stop us i had a call with a woman last week who's looking for an advisor and she lives in california and we could give her the exact same experience that we could if she were in our office now and we weren't equipped to do that so i think that is by far the the, the most positive thing what, what question have i not asked you that you wish i would have asked i think the one thing that people always love to talk about is where's the best place to put their money so i call those cocktail party portfolios yeah and unfortunately i think most of those don't exist i think the secret sauce for investments is no it doesn't exist i think you have to do to use a football analogy you have to create blocking and tackling for portfolios that has to be the basis of your offense then you can have some where you're you're throwing the ball down the field 15 20 30 yards but i think the one thing that people get disappointed when they see us is I don't have a secret sauce that's going to make, be, to make someone tons and tons of money. And I always say to them, if I knew the answer to that, do you think I would be actually having this meeting right now? You know, I would be, I would be, you know, Elon Musk as far as my net worth is concerned. Right. So it is one of the things that helping clients stay focused on their goals may not be, you know, the sexiest thing to do but it is the right thing to do. And it's the thing that will help them the most in the long run and really helping them change their behavior versus pick a stock that's going to have triple digit returns for five years. One of the things that we love to do in our and in those annual review meetings is we love to show clients how their net worth has built over the years working with us. Our goal is to build their net worth, whether it be through savings, investment, buying a business, real estate. We don't care how they do it. We want to help them do it. But we love laying out, hey, when you when you hired us in 2014, your net worth was 1.4 million. Now it's seven because we put in all these different strategies for you. Right. We take a lot of pride in that. So I, I think, you know, that, that would be how I'd answer that question. So if the listeners want to talk to Brian or River's Edge, um, how can they reach out to you guys? Where can they learn more about you? I think the best place would go would be go to our website. It's uh, riversedgeadvisorsalloneword.com. And um, I ha also have a podcast for business owners. So if you have clients that are interested in learning about how other business owners have, have gone through the trials and tribulations of it, it's happy-half-hour.com. And we, uh, we talk to other business owners just like you're doing, Gary. So this is a pretty cool thing for me to be on the other side. Great. So, Brian, we really appreciate your time today. Uh, Thank you so much. It was, I enjoyed it. Great, great, great wisdom for us. Our uh, guest today was Brian Carney with River's Edge Advisors, LLC. Thank you very much. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.